Once again, shotgun. Pickens stands in the pocket, throws it right on the money to George Pickens. Pickens makes his way through the 10, 5 and into the end zone. George Pickens, 33 yards on the money. We talk about his accuracy. Kenny Pickett put it right there, and these two have a great chemistry going so far. George Pickens in the end zone. Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of The Real Steel, where we talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers, no BS, just the real steel. I'm your host, Jeff Schmidt, and I'm joined a few states away by my Steelers partner in crime, Polt. And we're back, baby. Better than ever. It's officially football season. The Steelers have played their first game of the preseason. And we're here to break it down, give you some updates on the team, and and just chat a bit. So happy first episode of the new season, Polt. How are you? Hey, man. Good. We're back in black, baby. We're ready to roll. Black and gold. Happy to be here for season two. It was a good season one. Great to get our feet wet. And uh, man. I feel excited to talk about season two of the real steel and just this Steelers season. So I'm ready to to kick it with you and, and let's see how this goes. Me too, man. I don't, I don't know how valid it is to say this because I get excited every year at the yeah. start of the season, but I really think this is the most excited I've ever been for a Steelers football season. Man, no, you're, I mean, you're right. We're Steelers fans, so we're always going to be excited for, for Steelers seasons. But no, you're right. This is this is easily the most excited I've been about a team in a while. And uh, and it's funny. I was just with a bunch of Ravens people who were giving me crap about, <sighs> about loving the Steelers, right? And and I said, I we're overlooked right now, and, and I love that, and I'm okay with that, and I'm very excited, and nobody gave us a chance, and I love that because we're here to prove everybody wrong, and that's here. we're also here to explain how we're going to prove everybody wrong. Me too. Best spot to be in. Let's be that sleeper team and and come out and shock the world. I'm here for it. Yeah. Not saying a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't think Maybe. it's out of the question. <laughs> Maybe, but you know, it just it just feels like a new team with Omar Khan making some moves here. It feels like the right pieces are in place. We have some development from some of these rookies from last year Absolutely. coming into sophomore season. It's it's exciting. I'm I'm just yeah. pumped and uh, yeah. I'm excited to talk with you. So let's do a Me little too. bit of rundown for the episode today. Sure. Um, I think the first thing we'll do is we'll we'll talk a little bit about the preseason game, maybe what stood out to us. Yeah. Um, then we can talk about some of the positional battles that are ongoing at a few different roster spots. So okay. we have a couple of those to talk about. Um, we do a little bit of grab bag, any type of camp updates, injuries, preseason expectations, whatever you want. And then we'll toss in a little bit. I think it's worth sharing with our listeners some of the uh, bets that we have placed this year uh, being so <laughs> high on this team. So how's that yeah. sound to you? No, that sounds like a blast. I'm I'm excited to do it. All right. So I have pulled up here, uh, you know, recap or or kind of a, a little bit of a breakdown in terms of the box score of our preseason game last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Steelers with a victory 27 to 17. We know that the score doesn't necessarily mean that much. The victory doesn't necessarily mean that much no. in a preseason game. But what does matter is what we saw out of a lot of these different players. And I think the first thing that I want to do here is I want to go back and I want to read through our text conversation. Oh, God. During that first drive. This can't be good. I think it's going to be great. And, and, and uh, for the listeners, we we got we to gotta preface this. I, I was not watching the full game. I was kind of trying to watch on my phone, missed some, missed, saw some at the beginning, um, missed most of the game. But this first drive just was unbelievable. And uh, I, I, got, I did get to watch the first drive. So just when Jeff reads this, just 
keep that in mind. I did not watch the rest of the game, but I did catch this drive. So we'll, we'll start this by saying my first text to you on Friday night was F this because I tried to pull up man. NFL, NFL plus. plus stinks. They started late. It was, it was a load of <laughs> shit. Oh my God. It's so bad. Um, you can't even choose the, the, the broadcast you're watching. Yeah. Uh, so I so, watched the Buccaneers broadcast. Oh, that was terrible. So let's just go through it because after we settled the F this, it doesn't work. You got back to me, said it does go to NFL plus blah, blah, blah. I said, got it. Just took a while. Yeah. And here you go. It starts with, we didn't get the ball first, right? No. Okay. That's what I thought. It was a three play four yard punt for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. So here's, here's how it began. You huge third down stop me. We're winning the Super Bowl. You, I hate the check down. Me, Washington is huge. Kenny's mobile in all caps. Gunner in motion. Three separate texts right there. You, pardon the language. I am so fucking hard right now. That was unbelievable. I don't care if it was their second strings. Me, streaming from my iPad, an eight second video of Kenny's pass. Captioned, so creamy. You, dude, that drive was amazing. Great run by JW. Some awesome throws by Kenny. Kenny avoiding a sack and GP being GP. Me, I'm so happy. You, me too. <laughs> and then you forgot about the next step of this whole thing. Well, which the, I guess we'll talk about later. But yeah, yeah, there, there were some some other questionable texts that came through. But I think to to go back to you know that first drive. Let's just talk about it for a minute. I mean, I don't have uh, the exact stats. You might I have them. Go ahead, read them. Read them to me. Ah, uh, man, I uh, I can get Kenny's stats real quick. Give me. One I know he second. was six for seven. Kenny was um, six to seven, seventy yards and a TD. We got um Jalen Warren had three carries for thirteen yards. I think he might have had to carry another drive. Maybe not. Um, we got George Pickens one catch, thirty three yards, and his touchdown Deontay Johnson three catches, thirty two yards, and then Pat Fryermuth one for six. The big thing here is oh, and and, and to get my point across. Najee Harris, one for negative one. Um, the whole big point is that Kenny spread it around, around to four different receivers. Yeah. Uh, when asked later, Matt Canada did say that was part of the game plan to try to spread it around. Um, the fourth receiver being Najee Harris was the one that I was most disappointed in. They checked it down to him on a, a short second down. It was, or it was actually first and 10. He threw it to him behind the line of scrimmage. He actually lost a yard. I, it, it looked like Steelers football last year. Other than that, though, it was a 10-play drive. Not a single play other than that looked like Pittsburgh Steelers football from last year. And that's, I think, why we were so excited in our text messages. It looked like a new brand of football. It looked like they were letting Kenny, if we go back to Russell Wilson back in Seattle days, they were letting Kenny cook, mm -hmm. and they were letting him do his thing, and, and the offense looked entirely different. Matt Canada claims it's the same thing they did last year. I think that's BS. There's no way that's the same thing they did last year, and, and they look they looked fantastic. Dude, I said it to you. I was like, we look like the Chiefs. I yeah, mean, they were spreading around. Yeah, it it was just incredible to watch. And and everyone, granted, you know, the haters are gonna say we played against a second string defense, sure. whatever it was. But sure, but but they still come out and execute. Yeah. I mean, it's their first snaps as a as a first team unit for the whole season and they came out and executed nearly perfectly uh went 10 plays 83 yards five minutes and scored a 33 yard touchdown which i think i might be wrong and and i know stat of the week whatever uh, 
I think it's the longest touchdown we would have had last year, which is crazy. And they did it on the first drive of preseason. It, and it looked effortless. Kenny, Kenny Pickett to George Pickens, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still then, so fired up about it. And then we had a longer touchdown, a 67-yard bomb from Mason Oh my goodness. to Calvin Austin, which if, if anyone has listened or been listening to the first season, we are – high as a kite on on calvin austin the third we think he's going to be awesome and i think it was exciting to see i I think he has those flashes i mean if you watch the the preseason game at all one of the people that 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 popped on the screen the most had to be calvin austin right he had two two rushes for 23 yards two leading rushers leading rusher leading receiver two catches 73 yards and a touchdown including the 67 yard bomb and, and if you just watch the replay, I don't care if you're watching film, just watch the replay on that, that touchdown. He ran right past the cornerback. The cornerback was step for step five yards in. Next thing you know, Calvin Austin is gone. And that's everything we've been hearing from Steelers campus. We'll talk about, but the guy has speed. He's a good receiver. And Oh my goodness. Does that make me so excited? And, and your boy, Mason Rudolph, threw a dime in his hands and, and it was a beautiful throw. And he's best QB why three in the week. He, maybe he is the best quarterback three in the league. Maybe he is. I'm coming around to it. That was a beautiful throw, beautiful throw. And he played it, really well. It, you know, you, you never count out a guy who has this much team experience. I think yeah. it's his sixth year, right? Yeah. With, with the Steelers for this amount of time. I mean, he knows the system. Yeah. Again, Take it with a grain of salt when you look at preseason stats, but he was seven for 12, 132 yards, an average of 11 yards, that one touchdown, um, an overall rating of 124. Like he had a, he had a pretty good game. And again, playing against some backups, whatever it might be, but, um, you you know, and this has nothing to do with the preseason game, but like we, we, we joke, you know, you think he's the best quarterback three in football. I'm actually coming around to that thought. I mean, this year, if, if people don't know, like there's a new rule change in the NFL and there is an emergency quarterback, an emergency third quarterback, where if if the San Francisco 49ers issue from the, the NFC Championship yep. game last year happens and your first two quarterbacks get hurt, you can bring in an emergency third quarterback. And, and that will be Mason Rudolph for us. And and I think to have him be able to do stuff like this and show that he can still play is really, really important because there will be some games, maybe a handful, maybe two or three this whole year for the entire league will come down to a third string quarterback, mm-hmm. but you got to be ready for it. And, and to have a guy that you depend on is really, really important. I totally agree. You know, one other thing I want to point out, and we'll, we can talk more about the, the preseason game because there's a few things, but while yeah. we're on the offense, Deontay Johnson, how about it? He looked great. He still ran backwards on on one catch, but he looked really, really good. And, and him and Kenny looked like they had some kind of rapport or something. Chemistry. Yeah, it looked good. Three catches, 32 yards, caught everything that came his way. I mean, and it was it was just encouraging to see that on the drive. I mean, you yeah. you got to look at what Deontay Johnson is looking back on last season with no touchdowns, right? I mean, he's he's going to have a good year, undoubtedly, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so I was excited to see that. I was excited to see there was a pass to Fryermuth thrown in there, right? Right. Um, the the Calvin Austin stuff that came on later drives, but mixing with Jalen and Najee on that first drive, um, really cool stuff. And Darnell Washington is huge. I mean, I don't don't when you when you talk about Darnell Washington and, and for all the listeners, you cannot look at the box score. You can't look at the box score because because his impact is way beyond the box score. Sure, he might have a couple catches here and there. It's not going to be outstanding stats this year. 
but the difference he makes in the running game. You sure? Just on you know Gronk. Line. Wait, 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 wait. You know Gronk said that he's going to have like 600 yards this season. I did see that. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know. He knows more than me about football. I don't think that's going to happen as our second or third tight end. Um, but the impact he does make on the team, and, and I hope he does. If he if he has that kind of year. Our offense is soaring, and I love to see that. But I, the the impact he makes, if you just look at some of the stuff, like Jalen Warren, I think it was Jalen Warren, one of his runs, it was like a kind of like an outside rush. And and Garnett Washington came in and had to block the defensive end to, to set the corner, and he drove him into the ground. Mm-hmm. Like the guy was laying on the ground and Darnell Washington on top of him. The guy knows how to block, and he's going to make a huge impact in the rushing game just on top of whatever he does in the passing game. So I think everybody needs to keep that in mind that I know he's a giant freak and, and he's a freak athlete, but he's going to be way more valuable in the rushing game than he is in the passing game this year. And, and by more valuable, I mean very, very, very valuable. And, and so everybody needs to keep that in mind. For sure. Let's let's talk defense just for a little bit. Just one thing. On, uh, one Go more ahead. thing about the offense. I just wanted let's to point hear. this out. You said preseason. Here's what I want to. Here's what I was so happy about. The, the Kenny Pickett drive was great. The fact that he looked like he had chemistry with the the wide receivers made me so happy. His pass to to Deontay Johnson. That pass to George Pickens through three three or four defenders was beautiful. It looks like he has chemistry, as you said, with the receivers. He didn't have that last year, in my opinion. Maybe he had a little bit with Pickens here and there, but this goes back to he never practiced in camp with these guys. He was the second team rep, maybe third team reps with these guys. He is getting every first string rep with these guys in camp, and you can tell. You can absolutely tell he has practiced more with them, and he feels way more comfortable, and I think it's showing, and I love it. What did you text me afterwards? This is getting into a, into the bets, our last section. But did you say oh, after yeah. that you're gonna you threw money on Kenny MVP for the season? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I yeah might might be a I mean is I mean I just lost five dollars, but yeah I threw five dollars on Kenny Pickett plus five thousand to win MVP. I I think he's gonna take a huge step forward, and and we could talk about that more later or right now. But I mean he looks so comfortable. He did everything. He moved around in the pocket. He looked like he was looking to throw the entire time, not just looking to run, which he did a little bit last year. And I just think that he's going to make a huge step forward. No, he's not going to be a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes or some of these other guys. But he could have a, a damn good year, and and I really do expect that. And uh, I, I really expect a big sophomore year from him. And, yeah, I threw it. I, I think it would be awesome. I mean, it, I probably lost five bucks there. I definitely lost five bucks there, but I think it was worth a sprinkle. Worth a sprinkle. I love it. Confidence in the offense. Now, if if our defense can play like we're the highest paid defense, we can get we can get our act together, and this is going to be awesome. I I think yeah. I saw a few flashes from some players. Obviously, we didn't have the really big names. We didn't have the Minkas, the Cams, the TJ Watts playing. Yeah, but this was a really good opportunity to see. Especially some of our uh, our rookies or our you know new players, but I mean a really good opportunity for guys like James James Pierre and Mark Robinson, Demarvin Leal, um, some guys to get some some quality reps. I'll tell yeah. you one one guy. There's a few that really stood out to me, but in particular, Quan Alexander. Man, he had some some hits and. Man, and, and that goes into kind of what we're going to have to talk about in a little bit. I mean, he's one of our pickups since the last time we we, we all talked. And uh, 
man, that veteran presence, that downhill presence in the middle linebacking core. I mean, that guy, he he's a beast. And, and I'm so excited for him this year. He stood out to me. Nick Herbig stood out to me. Yeah. And and Keanu Benton, I read something today that said there's a chance that he could just start at nose tackle yeah. game one. Um, and and James Pierre, good to see him get a lot of time. Again, preseason stats, say what what you might. Um, 10 total tackles. He led the team in, in tackles, but there's yeah. other guys like, sorry, I was just going to say there's other no, guys, you know, that, that I feel like we're going to start to hear a little bit more of Kenny Robinson is one um, Trenton Thompson. He had an interception and I think he had a pretty good last day at camp um, today. I, I think, you know, there's a chance for some of these guys perhaps to make a splash and, and it's exciting just to, you know, to hear and, and watch some of them play. Yeah, and and you know we're trying to be all positive this and that. I, I will say, um, if you look in the media, and again, everybody needs to realize that Steelers Steelers local reporting is one of the harshest local reporting in, they in hate, all of the they NFL. They hate the Steelers. Yeah, they they hate the Steelers. But I mean, I try to I try to listen to the people that actually you know are are reasonable, and and it seemed like. Uh, James Pierre actually did not play very well. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. Tackles. He didn't have. He had. He missed a couple passes. And yeah, yeah, I think from what I saw, he had a nearly perfect passer rating against, mm. um, which is pretty bad. But I mean, again, it's the first preseason game. We have no idea what's going on around him, and and that's where you got to take preseason with a game of salt, a grain of salt, right? Like he could have been playing with the third string defensive backs, and nobody knows, and, and he just was getting picked on, and it is, and it wasn't even his fault. I mean, it's possible. I don't know that for a fact, but he ha did have ten tackles. But I think it was because he was getting burned a lot. But sure. that defense did shine. I mean, I mean, there were some big plays, like you you mentioned, Keanu Benton. Everybody's raving about this guy, saying he's definitely a two down lineman, huge run stuffer, could be a three down lineman. Nick Herbig, I I'll talk more about that guy later. That guy's unbelievable, playing awesome. Isaiah Loudermilk is a huge, huge, huge name out of camp right now, thinking he's going to beat out some veterans. Um. I think, you know, 17 points, it's a pretty good number. I mean, I know it's preseason. We didn't really have any starters play. I, th I think the defense looked pretty good. Uh, they they gave up a couple points early in the first half, and then it seemed like in the second half they kind of held really tight and, and played really well. Yeah, I, I think I, I would totally agree. I mean, I, I kind of – my interest – phased out a little bit towards towards the latter half i mean you have to yeah. think about this this year the way that roster cuts work right we have 90 people on our team we cut down to 53 after our last prison game previously yeah i think it's a new rule this year i think in previous years we would make a cut from 90 to 85 then a cut from yeah. 85 to 80 and then you go down to 53 so we're still in in the mode of of working 90 guys um, yeah. And there's probably quite a few roster spots that are up for grabs. So yeah, I was um, going to say these 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 reps in in training camp do matter for the Steelers. There are some depth players that need to make a mark, and and it does really re will really affect our football team. Yeah, so I think maybe we'll we'll talk you know roster depth chart stuff in in a later episode or or maybe when we have a little bit more information but i think yeah. that that kind of transitions us into i do think we should talk about just a couple of these positional battles because sure. these these are really really interesting and i think these are going to be make or break in a few different positions yeah. um in particular i i want to talk and i know you have a couple that that you want to bring up but um i think left tackle 
is a huge one to talk about. Um, middle linebacker, I know you said we should talk a little bit about wide receiver and maybe a couple others, but um, I, I want to lead in here talking about the Dan Moore and the Broderick Jones competition because you have to. I, I, I watched a video just the other day of the two of them at camp staying late yeah. and working with slash against each other. And it, it just shows you you know, that, that both of these guys have the mindset that they're in it together, right? One of these guys is going to win out. And quite frankly, one might start, you know, early and get replaced by the other. Um, who knows, but these guys are, are like really showing the team mindset, which is super, super cool. But what do you, what do you think is going to happen there? How do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I have a couple comments that, that have nothing to do with the player. I mean, with with them battling for a job first of all i mean i think that just embodies what the team is all about right these two guys want to compete they want to be get better and they want to get better for the team to win and 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 that's awesome and i think that's what this whole team has shown they embody so i love that the other thing is i like how the steelers have handled it um they know chooks akorafor is going to be the second the the right tackle they know that and and he's becoming a veteran or he is a veteran so they're giving him some days off but they're letting, from what I've seen, at least they're letting um, Dan Moore play some right tackle, right tackle to allow Broderick Jones to play left tackle with the first team offense. And, and I think that's really, really smart because it allows both guys to get first team reps and stay sharp. And, and I know Dan Moore, I mean, the hope is Dan Moore becomes more of a swing tackle, right? Because we, we want Broderick Jones, who was our first round pick, to be the left tackle. And so the fact that they're allowing him to get some reps there. And, and let Broderick Jones get first team reps with the with the offense is, is really really smart. But in terms of their battle, I, I don't know. I, I it's the Steelers. I could see them starting Dan Moore to start the year. Um, do I think that's the right decision? I I don't follow training camp well enough to know. I, I really think Broderick Jones should start. His biggest knock is his pass protection. They say he's an unbelievable run run blocking tackle, and he struggles in the past. He played really well against Tampa Bay. Um, and he seems to be doing really well in some one-on-one battles in camp, but I could see them not letting him fight through his battles and playing Dan Moore instead. I think they should just let him out there week one. I mean, go play Nick Bosa. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like go, go learn how to play in the NFL. And I, but I truly do see Dan Moore probably starting the first couple of weeks. Yeah. I think, I think I would say the same. I, I think the fallback of being it's the Steelers. I, I think that's what might happen, but Hey, I'm, I'm in it. Trust the process this year. Right. But, but here's the thing though. We, when I mean, we talked about it earlier this off season, I mean, we had no injuries on the offensive line last year or no, really no missed games. There's going to be a regression of the mean on that. So being able to have another offensive tackle, whether it's project Jones, we're talking about, or Dan Moore that can come in with experience, I think is going to be crucial, crucial, crucial and really important to this team. And uh, so I'm okay. I'm okay getting them reps. I, I expect better out of Dan Moore. It seems like he's really working hard, and and I guess we'll see what happens. 100%. But, but the other four guys are solidified, and they and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's a good core group. Good core yeah. group. Um, you want to talk about the next group? The next group might be more exciting, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and I just want to go back to what we said in one, of, in one of our last episodes about how we were just, we, I don't want to say confused, but it's almost yeah, like we were no throwing confused. throwing darts at the wall, trying to figure out what was going to happen at the middle linebacker position. Yeah. And it's become an exciting thing to, to watch. Man, 
Yeah, and and if for those of you that don't know, Quan Alexander, uh, who is a veteran, I'm trying to bring up his stats. I think he's been in the league like six or seven years. Uh, he's 29 years old out of LSU. The Steelers signed this, I don't know, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, mm-hmm. right before training camp, actually the third day of training camp, and to be one of their middle linebackers. And so he's out here competing with with Cole Holcomb, Alandon Roberts, Mark Robinson, Tanner Muse, Nick Kwiatkowski, all these guys that we talked about. But what's exciting is they have they seem like they have a group finally that gives them everything they need. We've been searching for the middle linebacking course since Ryan Chazier got hurt. Yep. I mean, that's 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 the narrative of the Steelers, right? We finally have a guy in Alandon Roberts who is a downhill guy who is going to be an unbelievable run stuffer and will give us two great downs. Okay, well, what do you do on passing downs? Well, we have cool Holcomb that can play all over the field. And then you throw in Quan Alexander now that that seems like he's a downhill hitter. If you look at some of his New York Jets reps from last year, some of those some of those highlights are awesome. He just mm-hmm. comes downhill and wrecks running backs, but he also can play all over the field. And, and that's where I feel like our three right there are really, really exciting. And and we saw it this week in, in the preseason game. He leveled someone. Oh my goodness. He wrecked them. Totally, totally just decked this dude. I don't even I'm, know who it was. I mean, did it remind you of a little of old school Steelers football a little bit? 100%. But the 100%. middle linebackers, James Ferrier, yep. uh, Larry Foote coming down and just coming downhill and wrecking people? Yeah. I mean, it that's what it felt like, awesome. right? And, and that's yeah. a good feeling. I'm excited. I was excited to watch him. And yeah, I I think you're right. He, he is he is gritty pittsburgh steelers football yeah and and it's what we needed at this position so heck yeah get get him into that rotation and and maybe he ends up taking the starting role from from cole holcomb or landon roberts who who knows what that actually looks like but i think right. he he definitely has solidified his place on this roster i don't oh think goodness. that was a question going into it but um, I think he's going to be a guy that we see a good amount of playing time from. In that yeah, and, and he was a guy that you can see uh, in the past couple of seasons, we've been targeting him. And so you know the Steelers have been interested. So we'll see how he fits in. I, I don't think he'll start week one. I think it will be Roberts and Holcomb out there. But you know how middle linebacker is. It, it's a revolving door that changes all the time. So we'll see. I'm very excited, though. Those three guys make me very excited. So that that's one of the battles, Um, you know, because Nick Kwiatkowski's there and Tanner Muse and – and Mark Robinson, I think Mark Robinson will be is fine. He's a young guy with a lot of talent, and uh, we'll we'll see how that whole room one of the other guys out. is going to get cut. But definitely, well, they'll only probably carry five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of carrying five, let's talk about wide receiver. It's important because we know our four: yeah. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin. The fifth one is is tough, and I'll, I'll tell you what, it's, it's not what you want to hear, dude. Not what you want to hear. I think it's going to be Gunner. Yeah, I had some some I had some time to, to think that through. I, I had seen a Steelers reporter uh, from Steelers Depot, great website, go check them out, um, that had predicted Gunner would be the fifth wide receiver, and that was a, uh, a couple of days ago. That's fine. I don't you, know. Supposedly he's had a great camp. Supposedly yeah. he's been really nitty and gritty and he's done all the right things. I, I don't believe it. I don't think he will be, but maybe he will. He, they put him in motion on that first drive. Yeah, man. I thought it was going to be another end around with Gunner doing nothing. 
doing absolutely nothing. But the, the first four are, are awesome. Deontay Pickens, Allen Robinson, and Calvin Austin will be an awesome four. They don't even need a fifth, but they do need a fifth. And uh, I, I personally think it's going to be Miles Boykin. His special team's ability just far outweighs whatever Gunner's going to give us everywhere else. So there, there is there there is like the question of do we keep six which i don't think is fully out of the question but i think no. i think what happens the problem is that we're probably going to keep four tight ends bingo yep and and those being pat connor hayward darnell washington and zach gentry and you don't have roster room for 11 or 10 of those guys right so if if we which i don't know i would have to go back and look i'm i'm not as well versed but in like the Heath Miller, Matt Spath days, did we keep four tight ends? Like I, I don't think I'm sure you're going to look, but I'm trying. I I feel like in in previous years we've had three tight ends and maybe we keep six receivers. Um, but anyways, I don't think it's going to happen this year, so we might have five. And I'm with you. Miles Boykin brings so much to the team from the special teams ability. We yeah. signed him to this one-year deal, I think, knowing that we were going to bring him back. Gunner introduces a lot a lot into that equation, I guess you could say. I mean, so if if, if it's Gunner, if the competition is between Gunner and Miles Boykin, right, who gets cut? Um, Jordan Bird, Cody White. Um, gone. They're both gone. Practice Hakeem, squad. Hakeem Butler. And then there's Des Fitzpatrick and... Dan Chesna, how do you say his name? Dan Chesna, he's a Penn Stater. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You're right. I know that. He's name. also a special teamer. The special teams are. He he's not gonna. He's never gonna see the field on offense. Yeah, and Des Fitzpatrick, we know he's probably out of the question. He's dropped some in camp. I read. So yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to look back on t- 2008, last time we won the Super Bowl, right? Uh, we carried. This will surprise you. We we carried five wide receivers that year. We only carried two tight ends in Matt Spieth and Heath Miller, and we carried five running backs. Whoa. Okay. Who were the wide six, receivers and the running backs? Running backs. That, now curious. I don't know. There was probably full the wide receivers were the fullback. No, we had a fullback and six running backs. Now was that all year? I don't know. Um, it looks like. Richard Mendenhall Hall was one of them, and Najee Davenport was one of them. They both had four games played, so they must have got hurt. So maybe it was four running backs. I guess we must have kept five receivers, two tight ends, and four running backs. But the running backs were Gary Russell. I don't know nope. who that is. Willie Parker. Okay. Moody Moore. Yeah. Richard Mendenhall. Gary Davis. Mm-hmm. Najee Davenport. And then our fullback was Sean McHugh. But then our wide receivers were Nate Washington, Heinz Ward, Lima Swede, <laughs> San Antonio Holmes, and Dallas Baker. Man, what a bad receiving room that was. Not bad. San Antonio Holmes was a stud. No, San Antonio was good, and so was Heinz Ward. But man, Lima, and so was Nate Washington. But Lima Swede was garbage, and I don't even know who Dallas Baker is. Can I give you my um my stat of the week here? Yeah, let's do it. Because you said Lima Swede, and it got me thinking. Yeah. So I actually have to give a shout out to one of our our listeners, a friend of the pod, Brad. He pointed out that he had read something or or watched something that said there were no great Steelers players to wear the number 14. So my stat of the week is a predictive stat. 
that George Pickens will be the best stealer to wear the number 14. You think so? I mean, I have no idea who wore the number 14. Who wore Lima the 14? Sweet. Ray Ray McLeod did when he was with us. Is that you, all you is that it? You want me to find them find more? No, you don't have to. I'll I'm find them. Say, yeah, I don't think that's really a controversial discussion. I, um, I don't. Oh, oh, oh. Neil O'Donnell. That's the big one. Who is okay. basically known for losing us a Super Bowl. Neil O'Donnell, and then the next best guy is Bill Nelson, who I don't know who that is. He played back in the in the 60s, so we could not have been good. Did you know Todd Blackledge was on the Steelers? Yeah. I didn't. I think I didn't know that. Oh, and um, okay, we can't forget about Sammy Coates. Sammy Coates. Anyways, um, no, no, that's think, my stat I, of the week I, for okay. you, and it's, it's a predictive stat. one. And thanks, like Brad, it. for for sharing that. No, Brad, that's a that's a great comment. Um, I don't really think you're. I don't think that's that bold of a take. Um, as we'll talk about here shortly, I think he's going to be a stud. I hope so. All right. So yeah, I, I mean that's that's kind of what it is. The, the last kind of conversation about roster positions is just the slot corner. What's going to happen there? I think they've been playing a lot of Elijah Riley in the slot. Um, but Shannon Sullivan, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, started the game. I think um, so. In the slot corner. So, I mean, we'll see. I think it's between those two guys. I think everybody else is kind of out. Duke Dawson and some of these other guys probably won't won't make the team. Yeah, so so that slot corner, there is one more that we didn't talk about earlier today that I do want to bring up. Who's that? Hunter. So, I want to read something to you that, that came from Steeler Nation. Um, this was published yesterday, so it's Wednesday. And it said that there's a, a clear favorite to win the punting battle. So the conversation right now is obviously between Presley Harvin and Braden Mann. Yeah. And all signs are pointing to it going to Presley Harvin. Yep. That's what I see. Um, apparently, um, Man had Presley a great Harvin day today. bombed. Yeah, Man did have a really good day today. He hit like two 70-yard punts. And a 75. Yes, but but previous to that, Presley Harvin, just this this tweet that I'm reading, Presley Harvin bombed six punts, turning each one over with the noise, nose pointing down on descent, and that's what coaches look for. So we know that Presley Harvin has it in him. His his thing is his consistency. Yeah. So, and and I think he did have the edge as the incumbent. I think Braden Mann was brought in as competition. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. I think it's no, going to be Presley point. Harvin, and we'll probably see him this week in preseason. Yeah, that's what I'm reading here. That Brandon Man uh, punted this the first game, and and Harvin's going to punt at home on Saturday. Uh, I think it will be Harvin. Uh, the unit of the kicking unit matters, and the fact that they're keeping Christian Coons probably at long snapper, and it's Boswell kicker. They don't want to change up the holder, and and if Harvin's just as good punting as Man, they're going to keep Harvin. So, yeah, I I, th I think it makes sense, and from that regard, I'm okay with it. Did you see that video the Steelers posted about Christian Kuntz? He was he was uh, scanning no. tickets going into training camp. No, was oh, he? dude, you got to go back. This is on Steelers social media. So for everyone, everyone, go back and watch this. It's freaking hilarious. It's basically Christian Kuntz like sitting there scanning tickets as people coming in. He's like. How you doing? You excited to see Kenny Pickett? You here for That's TJ awesome. Watt? He's talking to people just based on the jerseys they're wearing. That's and awesome. uh, 
he's like, you coming to see the long snapper? And the people are like, nah, whatever. <laughs> and and then the one guy's like, yeah, you know, he he's a he's a he's all right. He's a, a Pittsburgh guy. He's a local guy. <laughs> and and Christian Coons is like, eh, thanks, man. He is. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> but awesome. no one knew who that. he was. Yeah. It's uh it's a good one. Good one to watch. But that's awesome. I agree. I think I think it's gonna be Presley Harvin. Uh, hopefully that's good news that he's had a good camp. We'll see how he performs in the game. Yeah. But I do think he is a great holder. And I mentioned that on a on on a previous yeah. episode in the first season, but um yeah. It's worth noting. All right. Anything else you want to talk about coming out of camp or any type of injuries? I know the, the one thing I was just going to say injury wise is, is Keanu Benton went out in the preseason game, but he's back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll touch on a couple injuries real quick. Um, Larry Ogunjobi hasn't really been playing or practicing. He's been in a boot. Um, every All signs point that he's going to be okay. And he'll be back week one. The big injury is Corey Trice, the seventh round rookie that we That's right. talked up all off season. Uh, what did he tear his Achilles? He he did something that's a season long injury. Really, really unfortunate. Uh, it might have been an ACL actually. Really unfortunate. Um, I think he hurt the same leg he hurt in college, um, which is pretty unfortunate. So don't like to see that. Um, the other big thing is if you've been seeing things about Minka Fitzpatrick, he has not really practiced. Um, he was part from the team for undisclosed reasons to begin camp. Um, and, and then came back and then left camp again with an excused absence. Mink is fine. Like it's no big deal, but with him and then KZ and, uh, KZ and who else would it be? Keanu Neal both got hurt too, but those guys are are non-serious injuries as well. So our safety position has been horribly riddled with injuries, not much practice reps, which is kind of unfortunate. But other than that, I think we're fairly healthy. And Nate Herbig, Nate Herbig had a, yeah, an injury, true. I think a shoulder injury and, and Joey Porter was out for a bit, but he's right. slated, slated he missed, to start this week. Yeah. He missed the first preseason game, but they, he was back on Monday. So I think he'll be back this weekend. Yeah. So I think the biggest story there is Corey Trice. That's, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, he was having a good camp too, which is unfortunate. Well, you know, there, there's, there's going to be opportunity for him next year. So yeah. Um, yeah. Bummer to see, but you know, he'll be there to, to support the team and everything and, and, and learn. So, right. um, yeah, bummer, but it is what it is. Anything else coming out of camp you want to mention? Today was the last day of camp, wasn't it? Yeah, the 17th, I think so. Thursday is, the 17th. Which, which is crazy, actually, to me to think about. I didn't realize still, uh, training camp ended that early. Uh, maybe I'm just out of touch with NFL training camp. Maybe it was with the last CBA. I do want to mention Isaiah Loudermilk as a name. People have been huge on him. Uh, thought he might not make the team, thought a veteran presence like Montrevis Adam or Armin Watts or somebody like that would make the team over him. Everybody thinks he'll beat one of those two guys out, and he will be on the roster and be a big impact to the defensive line. Had a great preseason game, and, and everybody's saying he's he's been a stud. So that's that's definitely one name to keep an eye on. Totally. I, I'm just excited that he's showing up. Oh, a draft pick three years ago, two years ago, something like that, and now he's finally making a name for himself. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. All right. So I, I want to round out here with um, just a, a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say insider betting knowledge. By no <laughs> means do we encourage gambling. And I don't think or we threw. listening to us. Or listening to us. And we are biased. We are homers. And I, I don't think we threw that much money on it. Uh, but I just want to go through the bets that I placed recently. Yeah. Okay. Um. I took the Steelers over eight and a half wins. 
Yep, that's my that's, largest bet. That was a pretty even spread uh, or betting line, I guess you yeah. could say. Eight and a half. We haven't had a losing season under Tomlin, so why would you ever not bet that? Yeah, but the payout, I mean, it was... Minus 140 is what I got it at. I think I got it a little better than that, but still. You're pretty much breaking even with what you throw down. Yeah. Um, Steelers to win the division. I put a maybe up 20, maybe 50. I don't remember. I have to go back and look. But th- I took that at like plus 600. Yeah, I got a plus 450, so you did better than me on that one. So I got, a, I got a good line there, and I actually think there's a legitimate chance that that can happen. I, do I, I truly believe that there is a legitimate chance that that could happen. So do I, and I think eight and a half wins is a lock. So that's why. I think that's a lock too. Yeah. Now we also threw money on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. Plus four, plus five thousand is what I got it at. Plus five thousand is also what I got it at. I, I think it's possible. Is it likely? No. But ten bucks possible? goes a long way on that. Yeah, that's what I threw. Ten dollars. Yeah. So, a little sprinkles here and there. Yeah. Um, you also bet Kenny <laughs> MVP right after that stellar first drive. Yeah, $5 bet to win uh, $255 at plus 5000 I feel very good about it. Um, will it happen? No. But, I, hey, if he shows out, we'll see. I mean, quarterbacks always win the MVP, so. I love it. I don't love uh, My favorite bet, though, and I'm sorry to some of the listeners. I know, I know a couple of you are not going to be happy about this, uh, especially some that I might be related to. Um, Am I, I going to be happy about this? I feel very confident in Mike Tomlin, coach of the year. Wow. At plus 2,500. Wow. My opinion is that the Steelers somehow make the playoffs or compete for a division title. Kenny Pickett's not going to get all the credit. Matt Canada is going to get none of the credit. Who's going to get the credit? It's going to be Mike Tomlin. And this team's, not, su- this team's not supposed to win. And everybody thinks they might be a 500 team, but if they compete for the division and they make the playoffs, I think there's a real opportunity that that's a shock to people. And Mike Tomlin gets a lot of credit for that. And so for that reason, I put some some money on Mike Tomlin to win to win Coach of the Year, and and I feel like it's it's possible. I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I like it too. I, it has nothing to do with my. I, I have no. I'm not going to say my opinion on Mike Tomlin, but I, I'm not saying it's bad or bad or good, but. I know people don't like Mike Tomlin, but I think he could get credit if they have a good year. Standard is a standard, baby. Standard is a standard. Um, you know, two other things I'll add that I haven't done. And living in the state of North Carolina, it is not legal to do this. I got so you. so well, sure, but I will I'll probably go ahead and do it the second I'm out of the state. Um, coming up Fair. here shortly. Um I saw that the line for Najee's rushing yards was 975. I saw that too. And I saw the line for Pickens touchdown was four and a half. Yep. I think I'm going to take the over on both of those. Najee's actually like that's, I actually think that's a good number, right? Because if he gets hurt or if it's kind of a 50 50 situation and, and Jalen Warren plays a lot, I yeah. think if that's strictly rushing yards, that's tough. I think he'll get all purpose over 975, over a thousand for sure. But 975 rushing is a lot. Um, I think he can get it though. I mean, this goes back to last season on our podcast on season one. Debate was would not she get a thousand yards, and it, it's the same, the same debate. And uh, I think it's a, uh, I like it. The over, I I really do like there. So I just checked; it was nine seventy five and a half. I 
Titans was over four and a half. Four and a half. So, yeah, I don't hate those. I don't hate those at all. I, I, I hate betting on Steelers receiving touchdowns because who the hell knows what's going to happen. But, yeah, I like them both. We'll have to wait and see. We're biased, though, so don't listen to us. Yeah. All right, man. I think we're ready to wrap up. Anything else you wanted to hit? Yeah, just real quick uh, to bring it back for this year, uh, balls of steel. Uh, Ooh. Real quick for me, I'm going to give my balls of steel for so far it's to Nick Herbig. Man, the praise out of camp right now is unbelievable. He 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 showed one of uh, – everybody's talking about TJ Watt's ghost move. I don't know what that means, but but it's one of his his pass rushing moves. Nick Herbig has supposedly adopted that and has excelled doing it. He now has understood that that's one move. He needs more. He's now doing Alex Highsmith's um, spin move, mm. which is which is awesome. So just just the effort he's putting in. He had one and a half sacks. Everybody thought he would have two. He had one and a half in the preseason game. I just think Nick Herbig is 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 really shining and, and putting in a ton of effort. And I'm going to give him my balls of steel. You know who I'm going to give balls of steel to? Who? Our buddy, Ryan Clark. Oh, man. Yeah, those were some controversial comments. You know, just just for anyone who didn't catch it, Ryan Clark made the remark that George Pickens is more talented than Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I think that's bold. Highly controversial. Yeah. However... I think a lot of people are are reading into it too much and just dissecting it a little bit too much. Yeah. I think, and Ryan Clark even continued, if you listen to the whole thing, I mean, Justin Jefferson is in his fourth year. He's a really polished wide receiver. I mean, yeah, he is probably the best in the league right now, and Easy. there's no questioning that. I think what he's just trying to say is that the amount of raw talent that George Pickens has is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying he's going to be better than Justin Jefferson. He's not saying he's going to be the best wide receiver in the league. But he said not, most talented. He said there's a lot of talent and and he he went on to say just just so people, you know, could understand or could get, you know, a little bit more perspective into what he said. Ryan Clark then basically went on to say that um Aaron Rodgers is more talented than Tom Brady. Is Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback? No, no Tom Brady. He's was. definitely more talented, but he's more talented. So that's fair. And then he said, if you can understand that, then that will help you understand the George Pickens, Justin Jefferson. Well, thing. to better understand it, too, go listen to Patrick Peterson's interview with the, with the media. He said the exact same thing. He said, and he was a guy who was playing on Justin Jefferson's team last year, and now he's yeah. on George Pickens' team this year. He said George Pickens has more raw talent. But Justin Jefferson's better right now, and it's this—it's the same same argument. So, a guy who saw it firsthand in person every single day agrees. So, I think it's a bold take, but I love it. I love it. I, I'm all in on the George Pickens change. Hey, KP to GP. I love it. Love all right, man. Let's tie a bow on the first episode of season two. Um, just in terms of a quick update, we got the next game for the Steelers um, Saturday the 19th against the Bills at home. I think we might have some boots on the ground with some of uh, our friends or listeners listeners there. And that'll be a good test. Josh Allen's going to play. So, so we'll have some real competition to see what things look like there. Um, 
given a short week, we might be back after the final preseason game. I'm thinking, you know, we yeah. play Atlanta again on Thursday. It's um, still preseason for us too. Still preseason for us. And and hopefully you might have some boots on the ground there. My sister's talking about going to that game in Atlanta. So we'll right. see what happens there. But um, I think that is all for now for season one. So we thank you as always for tuning in and listening. Pold, it was good talking to you and uh, we'll catch you next time. Sounds good, man. And always a blast. Looking forward to this season.